Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. Along with Jessica. Hey, everybody. We are going to be talking about the difference between a good and a great lesson plan because there is a difference between the two, clearly. For sure. And this is actually like a really enjoyable topic to me. I love lesson planning. I have a lot to say about it. So do you, I know. So I think this is going to be really fun today to share our ideas. Yeah. And it's important to note, at least for me, and I don't know if you had the same experience, but I was not a great lesson planner in the beginning in those first few years of teaching. And it's because I wasn't taught how to lesson plan in graduate school, which I feel like is so important. Yeah. There's no class on this and there should be. There should be a hundred percent. And the lessons that they did have us turn in in college were insane. Oh my gosh. I think I may have mentioned this before, but we did have to do a project in like a methods class. And when we turned in our final like units with our lessons, the professor was like, okay, you guys have no idea. If you were to do this in school with students, like this would take you four months. And we were like, oh, we just planned so much. We had no idea. You know, there's, there's no like guidance. Totally. That's what we're here for today. Yes. And so I think keeping, you know, we're going to talk about three really helpful tips for creating a great lesson plan. And so if you keep these three components of a great lesson plan in mind as you're planning, it's really going to help you create that great lesson as opposed to finding something one-off on Instagram that you're like, oh, that's a great idea. Let me just bring that into my classroom because that's not going to have the same impact as a great lesson plan that stays in line with these really three kind of principles for lesson planning. Right. And I think that definitely ties into our first tip, right? what you're saying about finding something on Instagram. So often we as teachers, we can become overwhelmed. We can become frazzled trying to search on Pinterest, trying to find things online that are going to work for our students. And we spend so much time searching and then we come to the actual lesson and we're like underwhelmed by it. It's not good. Mm -hmm. But if we focus our attention on creating a great lesson from the beginning, it's really going to be beneficial to everyone. So we truly believe that there are really three components. If you want to be this like successful ELA teacher and that's planning, engagement, and rigor. So that's kind of what we're talking today about in our first tip. Okay. So when you sit down to lesson plan and we, first of all, truly believe that you shouldn't just plan a, like a one-off lesson. You should be thinking ahead. How can I plan multiple lessons at once? We call it batch planning. But when you sit down to lesson plan, how can you tie in engagement and rigor? You cannot have one and not the other. You want to find that balance for all of your lessons. Mm -hmm. So think about it. If you have this fun, engaging game that you're going to want to play with your students or that you did find online, what's the value of it for your students? What is your objective? If they're not mastering the standards with it, why are you doing it? It should not be guiding your instruction if it's just a fun game. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you're all about the rigor and you're saying, I want my students to master the standards, so I'm going to give them drill after drill after drill and handout after handout. Okay, great. They're maybe getting closer to the standards, but are they enjoying school? Yeah. No, they're probably dreading your lessons because it's frankly boring, <laughs> right? Brutal, you but yes, true. Balance. Yes. So all about engagement and rigor. So when you sit down, plan, write those words at the top of your plan book. And ask yourself, does this lesson meet both of those requirements? Is Mm -hmm. it engaging and is it rigorous? And if you have both of them, you're well on your way to having a great 
lesson plan. And we're going to give you some examples of this. Don't worry. Yeah. And you have to have both. You absolutely have to have both. And so every single lesson plan that you're bringing into your classroom within reason, I mean, you can be like we are and make sure every single thing that you do has both. But if you're just getting started with this, you know, maybe take a few of the lessons that you're working on and you're like, okay, well, the engagement's there. How can I bring in rigor more? Go to the standards or the rigor is there. And you're like, okay, how can I bring engagement into this more? Use your creativity. And if you don't think you're creative, you know, that's a limiting belief of yourself. You are a creative. Tell yourself you're creative. Go on a walk. And that's when that creativity is going to start to spark in your mind. Like, how can I just look at this a little bit differently? What types of things are my kids interested in? How can I bring something that's relevant to their lives into this lesson and help it connect? So you always kind of look at what you're going to bring into your classroom through those two lenses of engagement and rigor. And if you're missing one of those, how can you fill in the gap to make sure that that one is met? Because that's going to give you a great lesson plan. And then number two, going along with that is that you want to make sure that your lessons, that your, whatever you're teaching your students, that it fits into the larger framework of your lessons. Meaning you don't want to just, like I said earlier, grab something off of Instagram or grab something off of Pinterest that you find that you're like, oh, this is going to be great for my class. You don't want to have that one off thing, right? Just because it would be really fun for our kids or just because it would be rigorous. It has to fit into our larger goal for our students. Meaning, like Jessica said, that it aligns with the standards. So if you are a fifth grade teacher and you see something that's great on Instagram, that's for like an eighth grade classroom, you have to question yourself. Why would I bring that into my fifth grade classroom or vice versa? Maybe it's not rigorous enough for your eighth grade students if a fifth grade teacher shared it on Instagram. And that's not to say that some ideas on Instagram aren't great. We're just telling you that you need to look at it through a that lens of does this fit into my larger framework of my lessons in my classroom with my students? Absolutely. And I think that ties into the idea of spiraling your curriculum, right? Because it's not a one-off lesson. You're thinking to yourself, okay, I've taught this. Now, how can I go back and review this same concept and expand on it later on in the year so that everything has a purpose? Every lesson is complementing each other. So for example, if you teach narrative writing at the beginning of the year, you're not one and done with it. You're now saying, how can I spiral that concept and how can we practice leads? How can we practice descriptive language later in the year so that everything is building off each other? And I have this very clear framework for my lessons throughout the year. And there's continuity. You know, if you're using the same uh, language for teaching narratives of leads and uh, and endings, right? But then you find something somewhere else that's a one-off lesson that doesn't complement the way that you taught narratives at the beginning of the year that's going to be really confusing for your students. So that's why it's important to have that larger framework of your larger goals for your students in mind. And so I know we've been talking about, uh, sorry, uh, batch lesson planning and all of that stuff. And so if you've missed our episodes in the past, you have no idea what we're talking about when we say batch lesson planning or this larger framework or talking about actually planning right? Go back and listen to our two episodes, episodes 62 and 63, which are all about making sure that we hit all of the standards with batch lesson planning. So that's one that we would, two episodes rather, that we would encourage you to go listen to after this one. Absolutely. Um, So our next tip for creating great lesson plans is to structure your lesson almost like it's an editorial piece in a newspaper. 
So you want to think to yourself, how can I hook my students, right? That's where that engagement factor comes in. How can I get their buy-in so that they're having fun with the lesson and actually want to do and participate in the rigorous content? Mm -hmm. Then after we've hooked them, we're really giving them like the meat of the lesson. This is where you're really hitting the standards. You're doing mini lessons. They're practicing the concepts. And finally, toward the end of the lesson, that's where students are applying that rigorous content. Maybe it's some type of assessment, some type of writing activity, whatever it is the skill or the tasks, excuse me, are still standards based, but it's leading them to deeper thinking. They're delving into that topic even more. And so you're seeing that application of their knowledge. So we refer to this kind of framework here as an into, through, and a beyond. And that's how we structure all our lessons. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard us talk about those things. But if you're new, we're going to walk you through an example of a lesson plan that we actually do with our EB Teachers Club members. And you'll see how we tie in the engagement and the rigor and then the application in the into, the through, and the beyond. Yeah. So we're actually going to take one from, this is our, gosh, what, our September 2020 bundle. And so this is just got this. Yes. This is one that um, we have for fifth and sixth grade. So it's focused on punctuation and capitalization, which could be boring, right? But we want to take it to a great lesson. How can we teach punctuation and capitalization through that great lesson planning lens? And so in the into lesson, right, that lesson where we're going to hook our students and get them excited about what we're going to be doing in class, this is where we're actually giving students um, kind of like the, the, the invitation, if you will, to participate on this game show called Very Important Punctuation. So VIP, Very Important Punctuation. Silly, but fun, right? Kids love it. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Especially fifth and sixth graders. And so you're going to share with your kids like, hey, you've been selected to participate in this game show. But before you can go on the game show, you have to learn all of these different punctuation and capitalization um, concepts because you'll be applying those when you play, quote unquote, in the game show. And so this is where we're going to kind of do that direct instruction, if you will, with grammar, but in a fun and engaging way. And it's super simple, right? This the way to make it engaging, we tell them, all right, you're going to participate in this game show, but really the game show, it's just punctuation questions, right? (laughs) But in a fun setup. And we tell them if you do really well and you know all these punctuation standards, you're going to win this mystery trip to a dream destination. And you're kind of piquing their interest. So they're excited. They want to show up and play. So you flip them, you move into the actual practice. So they're going to play now in this game show in VIP. So we set up a bunch of different punctuation questions for students to answer. We have them working in pairs. They read sentences. They apply the punctuation rules they learned about in the into lesson. And if they do well in them, they earn points. And again, they want to win that dream trip. So as students practice the punctuation, we actually give them like a letter. So they answer a question, right? We give them a letter and the letter is one of the letters that reveals this mystery location. So they're all working together throughout this through lesson to figure out where they're going on their trip. And the buy-in is just on another level. Mm -hmm. They're having so much fun practicing commas and (laughs) capitalization rules, like stuff that is, like Caitlin said, typically a little bit boring. Mm -hmm. So they play their whole game. They get all their letters together and they work together and they unscramble the letters and it reveals that they are going on this 
trip to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So yeah, then that's how the, can you tie that in, right? Like what? So Caitlin yeah. will explain. And I hope that as we're going through this, you're seeing how there's rigor and engagement with every single component of what students are practicing. So in the beyond lesson where students are actually going to start applying everything that they've learned, you know, they learned in the through lesson, they started practicing with their classmates. Well, now they're going to take it to the next level and they're going to start really doing an application of it kind of on their, on their own. Right. And so students are going to be traveling to Rio de Janeiro in Brazil and they make a bunch of different stops at their vacation, right? So they're going to visit, you know, the Copacabana or, um, gosh, Leb Leblon. I'm, I'm sure I'm not using a correct <laughs> accent. I, think, I apologize. I don't speak. Right. Speak but if you can't picture this, picture stations around the room where they're reading like passages about these different tourist attractions in Rio. And so they're reading the passages and it's including the punctuation skills they've just learned about in the through lesson. So they're seeing it in action. Yes. And as they travel around to those different stations of those different vacation destinations in Rio, they have a vacation itinerary with them. And so that vacation itinerary is going to ask them questions like, okay, when you were at this location on, you know, your little journey around Rio, how many examples of non-essential information can you find in that passage about that location? So that's like at that particular station that they're now applying each of these grammar concepts that they've learned throughout this entire lesson. Right. And so they're analyzing the use of commas in the passage and then they're applying it to their own writing. And it's a really cool way to take the lesson to that application level. But if you're listening to this and you're like, well, yeah, that sounds awesome or that sounds so much like so much fun, but oh my gosh, I don't have time for that. Right. Mm -hmm. We're not saying you have to go and do that for every single lesson, but rather just think, how can I tie in a bit of fun? Mm -hmm. How can I make my rigorous lessons just have something that hooks students? Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get to that level right away, but maybe you show a video clip or maybe you play a song, whatever it is to hook them. Just start thinking of little things you can do. That's our challenge to you. Yeah. And remember the title of this episode is the difference between a good and a great lesson plan, right? So this is like you really want to just move up to the highest level of, of you as a teacher, right? Just the best ELA teacher at your school. That's what we want for you. And these are the strategies and tips that we want you to start using to really help elevate your teaching and what you're doing in your classroom with your students. Right. So number, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, because when you have a great last lesson, what are some of the effects, right? Like Caitlin said, you're probably the best teacher at your school, but also your students truly are mastering those standards and that's where you're seeing results with them. So we want yeah. to strive to give them those great lessons so that we're setting them up for success. And some other byproducts of that too, that I think are really important that play into just having a great experience at school as a teacher, right? Just loving your job and loving your profession. It's not a job, right? It's something that you just love to do, mm -hmm. right? If you love your job, you don't work a day in your life. And so some byproducts of having great lessons like this are you love going to school, right? Your kids love coming in your classroom. Your parents of your students or guardians of your students are sending you emails. Hey, Mrs. Mitchell, thank you so much. I'm so glad that, you know, Andy is in your class this mm -hmm. year or your principal comes in and is just blown away by what you're doing and you get compliments from your principal. All of that stuff feeds into just this amazing experience for you as a teacher. And that's what we like to call, you know, just 
the empowered educator, right? Yeah. You're that educator who is just on that level that we always pictured, at least for myself, you know, when I was a kid and I wanted to be a teacher, like that's what teaching looked like to me. Absolutely. You're just showing up and you're having fun and your kids are having fun and you know you're doing a darn good job and those kids are learning. Like yeah. what an amazing feeling. And you're making it look easy because it eventually it does get easy. You mm-hmm. get in your rhythm of planning these great lessons and you've got this. Yeah. That's a great feeling. So we want that for all of you. Yes. So to recap the three best tips for creating a great lesson plan, number one, keep in mind the overarching goal of engagement and rigor, engagement and rigor, engagement and rigor. Number two, make sure that anything you're bringing into your classroom really fits into a larger framework of lesson, of your lessons, of your goals for your students. And number three is structure your lesson plan almost like an editorial piece, right? You have that engaging into lesson, you have that through lesson where students are practicing in pairs or groups, and then you have that final beyond lesson where the rigor and the most challenging task is really put into into play where students are typically going to be working on that alone. So with that being said, do you have one other thing you want to say? Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, like you're listening to this in October, right? It's about the third week of October and Halloween is coming up. Challenge yourself. What can you do to tie in that engagement of Halloween with some rigorous content that you already have? Use what you have available, right? If you know what you're teaching in the next week, is there some way you can tie in a spooky story or, you know, the concept of trick-or-treating, whatever it is, try it. Let us yeah. know how it goes. We'd yes. be so curious to hear. Send us a direct message on Instagram or feel free to leave a review on iTunes. We love getting reviews. We love reading what you guys think about the podcast. Um, so thanks so much for joining us today, you guys. Have a great day. Have a wonderful week. And we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye, everybody.